Hello and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Prediction Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And hey, everybody. Hello. Or as Metroid say... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is our Metroid episode, or it's gonna be. Um... (laughs) We've we've been doing a lot of events and stuff lately. Yeah, we have. That's been fun. Mm-hmm. But I I'm looking forward to kind of a return to format for Yeah, exactly. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Before we get into all that, we got some corrections from the last episode, the September twenty eighteen Nintendo Direct reactions episode. Forgive us, Sakurai, for we have sinned. Here are our corrections. So when I was talking NES games that are coming to the Nintendo Online service, I mentioned Solomon's Key and I said that it was a Namco game. It's actually a Tecmo game, as in Tecmo Koei, or Koei Tecmo. You know, Namco and Tecmo are similar enough that I don't blame you. Yeah, I, I that's <laughs> definitely, that's yeah. probably why I got that wrong. When I realized I made that mistake, I took another look at all the NES games coming to the platform, and I realized that I kind of implied that more third parties are contributing than actually are. Right now, there's actually only four confirmed third parties that are contributing to the Nintendo Online NES library. Okay. Uh, Koei Tecmo, Mm -hmm. and they're contributing things like Solomon's Key and Tecmo Bowl and Ninja Gaiden. Uh Arc System Works... Is contributing, and even though they weren't really around in the <laughs> right, NES days, right. they have the rights to several Technos Japan games. Our system works is contributing Blaze Blue <laughs> for the NES. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just like actual Blaze Blue. <laughs> they when... don't scale it down. <laughs> Nothing. No CRT lines. Like you just like you go from like Donkey Kong to Blaze Blue, <laughs> and then back. They're trying a new thing. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, but no, Technos Japan, Arc System Works has the rights to all their games, and Technos Japan did stuff like River City Ransom, right. Super Dodgeball, basically anything in the Kunio-kun franchise, okay. uh, you know, which are basically those blocky anime men uh, <laughs> that punch. If they look like if they look like those character models do in River City Ransom, right. that's a Techno Japan game. I would love for Arc System Works to do a modern take on River City Ransom. They gave the licensing rights to these guys who made a Kickstarter for this game called River City Underground. Oh, I kind of remember that, yeah. Yeah, I backed that. Or maybe I just bought the game after it came out. Right. I think I bought the game after it came out. And uh, it's neat. I think sometime after its release, the... The person that did the soundtrack sued them or something. Ooh, yeah. That's and good. then they had to make a new soundtrack for it. Yeah. So that's, that's the last <laughs> thing that I remember involving River City Ransom. Also, I think there's a lot of Kunio Kun style games that get released in Japan, mostly mm. on the 3DS these days. Okay. Um, and I think they actually do get localized, but like generally like digital only or very limited right. releases. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that he's still around, but. Like a brand new, like contemporary style River exactly. City Ransom. Yeah, that'd be nice. And I don't yeah. think that exists. Nah, I don't think it's ever going to exist, but that's fine. You never know. Maybe the Streets of Rage revival will, <laughs> will cause a spark. That'd be cool. 
Anyway, uh, the other two third parties contributing are Konami. Uh, they're currently contributing Gradius and Twin B, but you can taste mm-hmm. Castlevania around the corner unless they decide not to contribute Castlevania because they're just going to re-release it mm. uh, and get more money that way. Castlevania tastes like pot roasts and candles. <laughs> Don't eat the candles. <laughs> And finally, Capcom currently contributing a single game, that single game being Ghosts and Goblins, but I'm sure we'll see more Capcom stuff as time goes on. That would be nice. You know, I'm I'm pretty confident that those won't be the only third parties that contribute over time. I have a feeling that Namco will be contributing mm. in some way at some point because they have such a close relationship with Nintendo. Sure. And I'm sure some other companies will contribute once Super Nintendo gets in there and all that stuff. Because those companies will have started existing around that time period. (laughs) Makes sense. But yeah, right now it's just those four. Sorry if I misled anybody. More corrections. I mentioned that the Nintendo Online site for Europe mentioned releases of special edition NES games. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what those were. What they probably are, are NA region versions of the games. Okay. Because North America... Over here, we do not have pending releases of any special edition NES games. Right. So special edition is probably those NTSC region 60 hertz per second instead of 50 hertz per second versions of the game. Okay. I was initially thinking of like how like in Germany, Contra is super probotector and you're like robots instead of humans. Right. So that it's not like hyper violent or whatever. That's what I was initially thinking of. But, right. you know, uh, heart like uh, performance improvements are also great. Yeah. World of Final Fantasy, I said released for PS4 and Xbox One. Xbox One didn't get World of Final Fantasy initially. It was released for PS4 and Vita. It is the the new version, World of Final Fantasy Maxima, is coming to the Xbox One in addition to other platforms, though. That's okay. Nobody cares about that game. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> I do not care about that game. I care a little bit about that game. I wouldn't say I care a lot about it. Yeah. I, uh, like I, I would be down for that game if the... Now, I, I should say that I haven't played it, but I watched some gameplay demos and... Boy, is the combat slow and boring looking. I don't know. Maybe it's more satisfying to actually play. But just looking at it, I was like, wow, you're, you know, you're fighting uh, Villain X from Final Fantasy's history. And I can't believe how bored I am. (laughs) Uh, And that's a shame. In a game that's like loaded with fan service, you you know, you want those moments to feel impactful. I played a demo for the game and I didn't hate the combat. Okay. You know, it's definitely not the most riveted I've been by an RPG, but I I was enjoying aspects of it. Okay. Yeah. Finally, Final Fantasy VIII has not gotten a PS4 re-release. Sad. So that might be why we're not seeing it on the Switch either, because they they don't have a new version of the game that they're satisfied putting out. Right. The version of Final Fantasy VIII on Steam is like the PC release that came out <laughs> uh, decades ago. I have a fr- I had a friend, we haven't really interacted with each other in years, in middle school named Andy, who... Uh, was a Final Fantasy fan, uh, you know, kind of nerdy. And um, he had Final Fantasy VIII at least for the PC, maybe also for the PS1. Hmm. And in describing the differences in graphical fidelity between the PC and PS1 versions, 
he explained to me that there is a moment in the game where a character's butt catches on fire, <laughs> and in the PC version you can see the flames, and in the PS1 version you cannot. So uh, there you go. You got the superior version on Steam, guys. <laughs> Butts are on fire in the Steam version of Final Fantasy VIII. I don't even remember what part of the game he's talking about. I don't either. Then again, I I never got very far in that game and haven't played it in years. So it, It'd be hilarious if you were just making that up. That would be funny and maybe also something Andy would do. Andy, if you're listening, hope you weren't lying. <laughs> just used your trivia on a podcast 15 or 20 years after you told it to me so (laughs) so those are all of our corrections we've also got some news and actually new section is going to be a little fun we might get to sort of dig into some stuff a little fun yeah uh so this is uh so in addition to the metroid stuff i think there's some substantial smash talk to be had in our news section today Hmm. first as always the weekly smash music. Right. Every Tuesday night, a new track gets put up on the Smash Bros. website. Uh, the first theme this time was the title theme from Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer. Mm-hmm. And it was arranged by the guy that does Animal Crossing soundtracks, <laughs> Kazumi Totaka, a dude that I really dig his musical stylings. Agreed. He has done a lot of cool soundtracks. He's obviously the, probably the most well-known for Animal Crossing at the stage, but he also did the soundtrack for Link's Awakening and generally like a lot of uh, a lot of like weird, charming games. He's just on the soundtracks for, and I really love the way he does music. Now he's the guy who has Totaka's song, right? And he like slips that into games. Is that him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's this sort of video game urban legend, I guess. <laughs> uh, nearly every game that Kazumi Totaka has worked on has a song hidden somewhere in the game uh, called Totaka's song. It's the same song each time. Like, like you wait in a certain area for a certain amount of time or you yeah. do something and then you just hear this like, yeah and then just goes back to the game yeah it uh (laughs) yeah he just hides that in all in nearly every game he works on and actually in animal crossing if you ask for tataka's song or maybe kk's song right or uh, something like that kk slider will sing uh (laughs) Totaka's song. Also a fun fact about Kazumi Totaka, KK Slider is based off of Kazumi Totaka. <laughs> He's basically Kazumi Totaka's fursona. <laughs> uh his Japanese name is Tota KK. So if you ever wondered what Kazumi Totaka would look like as a dog, you already know. You know. <laughs> You've known for years. You just haven't realized it. I actually know what he would look like as a dog better than what he actually looks like because I've never seen him before. So uh, there's a fact about me. We had lunch with him last last week. Don't you remember? He, uh, ah, yes, of course. He's, he's the one that brought the the dogs, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he just he just sat in the corner kissing them during the whole dinner. Was... And then whenever there was a lull in conversation, he just go boop boop boop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you forgot that. That is very memorable. Yeah, happy to refresh your memory. Thank you. Anyway, his remix of the Happy Home Designer title theme 
is nice. It's cute. Yeah, I like how he punches it up. Mm -hmm. I actually hadn't heard the Happy Home Designer theme before this point because I skipped Happy Home Designer. And I'm nearly positive that it's a much more mellow song in its original <laughs> game. That would make sense. Uh, you know, most of the Animal Crossing uh, soundtrack is pretty mellow. Yeah. So I'm always happy to see Tataka make new music. Yeah. I hope he just busts out a bunch of brand new songs for uh, for the Switch Animal Crossing. That'd be great. Yeah. The next track is Battle, Steven. <laughs> By... <laughs> uh, Battle, parentheses, Steven. <laughs> And, and battle has an exclamation point. That's yeah. why, you know, yeah. there's the difference in yeah, volume. Exactly. Battle, Steven. <laughs> uh, from Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha. Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Arranged by Soshi Abe. Soshi Abe is pretty new to the whole video game composing thing. He has one credit that I can find, and that is from Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. He's a composer for that. And what's really funny about that is that, like, the the soundtrack for Breath of the Wild is, like, so mellow that it's a problem. Yeah. And then this song that he's arranged is, like, if Guns N' Roses covered a Pokemon song. Yeah, very, very (laughs) rockin', really rockin' track. Uh, Fun fact about Soshiabe, actually, is that he is the son of two quasi-renowned musicians, horn player Masato Abe and flute player Midori Abe. And, uh... And now it does music for for Nintendo. It's part of their sound team. Makes sense. It's a it's a legacy of music. <laughs> he he sounds like a Danganronpa OC. Yeah, he kind of does. Yeah, the ultimate video game musician. His father was a horn player, and his <laughs> mother was a flute player. And now he's trapped in a killing game with a murderous <laughs> bear. Yeah. I hope that doesn't actually happen to Soshi Abe. Yeah, stay safe, Soshi. Keep writing music. Make sure you graduate high school. Yeah. <laughs> yes. then, then you're generally safe. Right, right. They only kidnap high schoolers. Or put you in a simulation or whatever. Yeah. It's a weird franchise. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like that remix of the Steven Battle theme. I always like the Steven Battle theme, and I like this. Cool. Um, in other news, though... Mm-hmm. Actually, kind of a holdover from the Nintendo Direct is the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Special Edition. Uh, that got announced, right? Right. And after that, and also after we recorded the reactions episode, they showed off like pictures of the box on Amazon and stuff. Right. And on the side, on each side of the box, there's a bunch of character portraits, <laughs> right? On each side. And basically... uh each side has presumably, basically we've seen one side, right? We haven't seen the other. Right. And one side has two spots uh, that are conspicuously blank, hmm. right? Like everything's filled in except for two spots. Um, it's also worth noting that Isabel is not on the box, but a bunch of other characters are like okay, uh, like K. Rule and, and Simon Belmont and Richter Belmont and all that. Okay. So, you know, some crazy people on the internet. Uh, did some math, uh, calculated which characters were probably on the other side of the box that we didn't see. Sure. And basically, the special edition box has space for two remaining blank slots, two remaining characters uh, to be shown on the box. Because uh, because minus those two empty spots, there's room for every character revealed so far to be represented. Okay. If you uh, if you put Pokemon Trainer in one box and the Mii Fighters in one box, and the Mii Fighters are in one box already. Okay. Um. So yeah, 
I think that's some food for thought. Mm-hmm. That potentially we only have two characters left to be announced. Wow, less food for thought and more like appetizer for thought. That's a small number of potential characters. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, but that's potentially big news. Mm-hmm. And to tie into this... So it's like a spicy appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this appetizer is so spicy. <laughs> you get it and you're like, oh, this will be fine. And then you eat it and you're like, whoa. <laughs> that's pretty much what this news is like. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I actually had some spicy miso ramen that made me do that earlier ah, today. Yeah. Exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, look, I like. I took a sip and I'm like, ooh, I really like the taste of this. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like <laughs> They say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but I don't know how to feel about what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> what? You didn't realize that you always sound like a dying whale? <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> so to tie in, to tie into this, this interesting little factoid we have. Yeah. I mentioned last time that that the inclusion of Isabel brought some additional credibility to the Das Verjabin Smash Bros. rumor. I and wish that he would pick another name. Because <laughs> every time I look at that, I just think, like, is it Das Verjabin? Is it Das Verjabin? Is it Das Verjben? You know, I, yeah. I wish that it was just, like, Dan Vance. <laughs> Dan Vance, if you have a preferred name, <laughs> send us an email. Yeah. So, so that's for Dan Vanceru, Vancy Boy. Yeah. Vancy Boy made made some predictions, like way before E three, right? He predicted that the Ice Climbers and Snake mm-hmm. and Simon would definitely be in the game, and even though he didn't directly predict the the everyone is here bit until like the very last minute, like literally like <laughs> I think a couple hours before we got that direct, he's like, Oh, actually it's called Smash Bros. Ultimate and every right. character from Smashes. Um but he had always got right that Ice Climber Snake and Simon were gonna be in there, and he embellished that with more facts over time, and those facts always end up getting proven right one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um one of his consistent predictions, one of his consistent leaks, uh leaks that I'm saying kind of in quote sure. quotes because obviously nothing has been proven for sure, but there is some credibility here at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his consistent statements is that Isabel would be in the game as a playable character. And lo and behold. And lo and behold, there she is. And Das Verjabin has gotten a lot of stuff right over the years. He's also gotten more than a few things wrong. Okay. Right? Like his... His sources are not always accurate, mm-hmm. but this stuff seems to be on the right track. So he has said some other things about what's going to be in Smash Ultimate, and I think it's worth looking at. Let's look at it. So here are the four main predictions that he's been making. One is that Minecraft will be represented in some form. Two is that a Gen 7 Pokemon that is not Decidueye, Lycanroc, or Mimikyu will be a playable character. Wow, if he's right about that, that sucks for you. It does suck. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's think for a second here. Rockruff 
is not like Hanrock. Like if if his source is just looking at the character select screen uh-huh. and he sees Rockruff on there, he's like, that's not like Hanrock. Not realizing <laughs> that he evolves into like Hanrock as part of his moveset. So we're fine. I I wish you could see the sincerity on Daniel's <laughs> face right now. <laughs> we're fine. We're good. It's happening. We're uh, all right. I Everything's see. great. Uh-huh. Although uh, this statement, of course, is shown to be quasi-right at the very least because Mimikyu was revealed as an assist trophy after right. he made that statement. He sort of updated that statement, but we'll go back to that in just a second. One of his consistent statements has been that Ken will be in the game as an Echo Fighter of Ryu. Okay. And finally, a third-party newcomer owned by Square Enix will be in the game. Ah. That's cool and mysterious. Uh, obviously, I think there's two main contenders that a lot of people are thinking about. Gino from Super Mario RPG. And Max Caulfield from Life is Strange. Oh, yeah, good. You knew exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Also, potentially, Sora from Kingdom Hearts. I don't know about that, but okay. (laughs) If you say so, Daniel. Uh, He then, after the... After the box rumor, or after the, the box was shown, he updated a couple of his statements. One is he went back to the Gen 7 Pokemon thing and said that that Gen 7 Pokemon is definitely going to be Incineroar. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> not not super pumped about that? Uh, you know, I'm I'm still not a huge fan of Incineroar's design. He's the the final cat evolution, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that that's a great character to include in Smash. Yes. I mean, he'll be a good Smash character. I'm just still a little bitter that like this like cool sleek little baby cat turns into like a big burly wrestler. <laughs> I I was always <laughs> I was always okay with Incineroar in his final form even if even if I'm, I'm largely pretty used to the cute fire pokemon like mm-hmm. turning into the the big burly. Oh man, you know what I just remembered? What? I remembered that when when those final forms for the starters, mm-hmm. the Gen 7 starters, right? Decidueye, Incineroar, Primarina, when the, when those were leaked by like some anime art or something, <laughs> you and I had the longest, dumbest argument about <laughs> about uh, how many quadrupeds in Pokemon, how many how many quadruped starter Pokemon in in the franchise uh, have a biped as their final form. See, you just remembered that, but I never forgot it <laughs> because we, we had. So- we had such a fierce discussion about that that you made a fucking spreadsheet. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> sure you can hear me tapping away on the keyboard as I pull this up. Yeah, mm, great let's... radio. Love it. I know. Let's take a look here. If I recall correctly, I called it I'm Dumb and this is a dumb spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Ultimately, I ended up being kind of right, Uh or at uh, least I, I forget you, what our you were close. Um, yeah, the the odds of a starter Pokemon starting off quadrupedal and becoming bipedal by its final evolution are fifty seven percent. A yeah. little over half. Yes, of all starter Pokemon do that. Which, which to be fair, was a smaller percentage than I was under the impression. Of. Right, but <laughs> and a larger percentage than I wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll tweet this thing out later. Great. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I always kind of liked Incineroar's design and I do love Incineroar 
as a potential Smash character. Yes, I think I, that, you know, irrespective of how I may feel about Incineroar, they will make an excellent fighting game character. Yeah, like, just a dedicated grappler in Smash. I'm mm-hmm. really intrigued to see what that would be like. <laughs> Even though, like, you know, we didn't see that coming at all when we were doing our Pokemon episode. That is true. We didn't even really talk about it, I don't think. Uh, especially because the uh, that makes the amount of fire starters in the game kind of lopsided, mm-hmm. right? But I don't think that's as big a deal anymore now that Pokemon Trainer is one character slot again. Right, that makes sense. The second update that Virgin made after the box rumor mm-hmm. sort of came about is that the third-party newcomer owned by Square Enix might be added as a DLC character. Ah. Uh, so the implication of that is that the box rumor is correct and that the two characters we're going to get... The two characters that are going to be revealed before the game comes out are Incineroar and Ken. Okay. And something about this makes me feel like it's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be right. Yeah. If if this is right, I won't be blown off of my keister, you know? <laughs> my keister will remain unblown. Bringing keister back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good word. Yeah. It deserves... We need some more keister representation in 2018. Exactly. You yeah. could say that in Final Fantasy VIII, a character's keister catches on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see it in the PC version. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think that would be a final roster that makes sense for Sakurai. Yeah. But something about the pace of the marketing and stuff hmm. um, makes me question it. You okay. know. Like, really, are we going to get, like, a Smash Direct in November? And it's like, Ken, Incineroar, have fun. <laughs> you know, like, that That doesn't really, that, that's not, like, why would they save Incineroar for last? That's a good point. Right? Like, Incineroar is a great pick, but why would they save it for the very last? Mm-hmm. And and I guess they could do something like Ken, Incineroar, and... Right, like, look out for DLC. Yeah, and we're announcing a season pass. Here's the first character... On the season pass, it's Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Right. Um, I I guess that that doesn't sound completely out of character for Nintendo. Yeah. Um, I can see that happening, but out of I guess out of all possibilities, that's probably one of the less satisfying ones. I I definitely get where you're coming from there. Yeah. So I think for the for the time being. We here at A Smashing Theory are going to operate under the assumption that the Das version and rumor is wrong, but that there's probably some truth to it. Uh, one thing that's worth noting is that a leaked quote-unquote screenshot of Ken is flying around on the internet. Ah. Uh, a, a picture of Ken on the, on the Inkling stage, on the Splatoon stage, okay. on Moray Towers, posing alongside some other characters like Squirtle and stuff, you know, to pretty much... Uh, to pretty much hammer home that this isn't a picture from a Smash 4 mod. Right. You know? Um, And I've seen a lot of people say that it looks legit, and I've seen a lot of people say that it looks fake. Uh, Ken's model looks a little weird to me, TBH. Okay. But I guess Ryu's kind of does, too. Yeah, next, sure. Next, when you really zoom in and you put him next <laughs> to, like, a Pokemon, he right. probably looks a little weird. I wouldn't be shocked to see Ken as an Ek Rider of Ryu, for sure. Yeah, me neither. But... That would also mean that Shadow the Hedgehog is not an Echo Fighter, is not present in the game. Maria. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, or at least, unless they do Echo Fighter DLC, that'd be kind of weird, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. If, like, you have to wait for a character to release his DLC and then it's an Echo Fighter. Yeah. Yeah, that that wouldn't be very hype-inducing. I guess, I guess if, whenever they release an Echo Fighter's DLC, it always released alongside a legitimately brand new character. Mm, that's right. True. Um, Kind of like how... Like, what was it? Roy, Lucas, and Ryu all came out at the same time. Right, So it's right. like, okay, so Roy and Lucas are kind of, you know, you kind of already have these movesets in your video game. But here's Ryu. <laughs> Here he is. Here's Johnny. You like him? You like Ryu? Oh, Dragon Punch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm... I'm going to take the Das Verschwinden rumor with a grain of salt, with many grains of salt for now. With but a I, liberal pinch of salt. Yes, but I could see it being legit. Yeah. I absolutely could. Same. Um, but I do hope he's wrong, because mainly because I want more than two additional characters in the base roster. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, especially if one of those fighters is an Echo fighter. Yeah. I, I want more than two... I, I would take two full-fledged characters in the base roster... And another Echo Fighter. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But obviously, it goes without saying that I think that third-party Square Enix newcomer is Sora. Yes. I, I guess I see, like, like a 15% chance of it being Geno. You know, mm-hmm. like, so many people voted for Geno in the Smash Ballad that they're finally like, here! But... <laughs> With, I think I with, think Sora would get just so much more of a reaction, you know? Especially with Kingdom Hearts 3 finally, you know, close to coming out. Right, yeah. It's a good sort of tie-in. Exactly. Good marketing. Man, this rumor would also mean that Monster Hunter is not in the base roster, right? Which would like, be sad. Yeah, like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot that, that makes me kind of squint at it. I could, I could see being real, but I'm squinting. Okay. I'm doing some squints. Squint away. Thank you, Sean. You're welcome. Thank you for your squint permission. Absolutely. Anytime you need to squint, call me first. But I'll probably say it's okay. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Yeah, any any non-Metroid thoughts you want to get out of your system before we jump in? I, I really want banana bread. I'm just craving it right now. I should have expected an answer like this. All right, let's talk about Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> so... At long last, we are back into a standard format episode of Smashing Theory, where we talk about a franchise in Nintendo Stable, a franchise that has been represented in Smash Bros., and we talk about its history of Smash representation, and then we talk about what new stuff uh, could be represented in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Metroid's a very interesting one, because we have already seen so much more representation than I was expecting. (laughs) Yeah, that is certainly true. Yeah. There have been multiple times where we have talked about a Metroid thing, been like, hmm, should we predict something involving Metroid right now? Nah, let's wait until we do a Metroid episode, because Sakurai obviously isn't talking about new Metroid <laughs> content for a little while, at the very least. And yet. And yet. Uh, <laughs> Here we are, and there's four Metroid characters in the game, and two of them are new. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's weird that they, like, I, I guess it's not so weird anymore because now we, we kind of have more concrete knowledge that they don't feel like talking about Metroid Prime 4 yet. So right. obviously they don't feel the need to wait until they talk about Metroid Prime 4 to tell us about Metroid content and Smash Bros. Right. Which is always something I was kind of banking on. 
so therefore, we already know a lot about Metroid's representation in Smash Ultimate, and I think not a lot of us are realistically expecting much more than what we've got already. But let's talk about what we've got, at the very least. Go and, for it. And I think there is some speculative discussion that's worth having as well. Yeah. So, as always, first we talk about characters, and first, first, we talk about characters that have been represented in past Smash games, or characters that are confirmed to be in this upcoming Smash game. Right. So starting from the very beginning, Smash Bros. 64 had Samus. Samus Aran. Samus Aran? I say Aran. Samus Aran from Metroid. That classic slow-ass character. Yep. Yeah, one of the original 12, the original 8 even. She wasn't even a hidden character. That's true. And yeah, she's... <laughs> it's funny, like, she was one of the first movesets, so it's obviously very faithful to her game, has mm-hmm. a lot of tools that she's had throughout the franchise, but it's also kind of weird in the context of Smash Bros, you know? Yeah, like, her, the the moves they've chosen for her do not combine to make an effective Smash character in terms of, like, fighting other characters. Yeah, I think I've seen some, like, some pretty good competitive Smash out there, but it's it's a very, it's a very odd moveset, I yeah. guess. Like, kind of clunky, kind of slow... But it's neat. She's kind of like a weird tank, just moving around, shooting missiles, mm-hmm. uh, dropping bombs. Um, yeah, obviously I'm glad she's in the game, and I think she deserves to have been represented for this long. Me too. She didn't get any new representation in Melee, but then Brawl came around and we got Zero Suit Samus. Shown off in that very first Brawl trailer that had Meta Knight and Pit in it. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool reveal where Samus shows up and shoots a giant laser. <laughs> Uh, at Meta Knight and Pit, and they dodge out of the way, and then her suit falls apart, and there's Zero Suit Samus as a new character. And initially, she was basically kind of like a transformation for Samus, mm-hmm. right? You you do Samus's final smash, and then her suit falls off, and she's Zero Suit Samus. Uh, you can also hold on a button as Samus at the start of a match, right. and then she'll start as Zero Suit Samus if you really want that. And her moveset is really cool, actually. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, she's got, like, that stun gun, and she's got that laser whip. Yeah, Zero Suit Samus is really cool. I think I, I might have said this on the podcast before. It's kind of funny that, like, when I first was exposed to Metroid, there was a lot of mystique surrounding seeing Samus out of her armor. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you had to get a hidden ending or achieve a certain completion, and now she's just out there all yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> just constantly see Samus out of her power suit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, now it's kind of a prerequisite that you get to play as suitless Samus at some point in a Metroid game. Right. And yeah, she's she's much less of a mystery now. It's funny, when, when Metroid initially came out, uh, Samus had he pronouns in the instruction booklet, <laughs> right? And then you get to the end of Metroid and right. Samus takes her helmet off. And, oh, it's a girl! Like, it was one of the first, like, twists in video games. Uh-huh. And now everyone knows that there's some games under that suit. <laughs> Metroid is definitely one of those franchises, kind of similar to Sonic, where the more I learn, you know, the more the developers expand on the universe of Metroid, the less I wish I knew, <laughs> you know, like when Samus is just kind of like a mostly silent protagonist going through caves and research stations and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was great. 
Then in Metroid Fusion, which I love, she starts talking about, like, Adam and the Federation and this and that. And I'm like, okay, this is fine, but, like, whatever. In Metroid Fusion, I actually thought it was really cool. I, I thought it was neat that they were giving her some backstory and, like, add, like because they still did it in a way where... A, there's a lot of mystique around her backstory, you know, like that's true. Like they, there was still a lot of mystery left, even with the backstory that they gave in Fusion. I guess, like I, I thought it was cool when I was like 13. I don't know how I'd feel about it now necessarily. Okay, I get that. Um, and then Metroid Other M comes out. Yeah, I like, think put it back in the box. Like, <laughs> yeah. Stop this madness. Yeah, I think that's where things kind of fell apart. Right. The baby. <laughs> Oh, that was a weird game. Yeah. But in any case, did you ever actually play it? Like, I know a lot about Other M, but I haven't, like, <laughs> held the controller in my own two hands while that game was playing. <laughs> I haven't played it, but one day I got really bored and I just watched a bunch of it on YouTube, and it is not good. <laughs> uh, the gameplay seems fine. Mm -hmm. um, the story is, uh, oh, it's really cringy. I think it's hard to take a franchise that is kind of clearly inspired by and sort of plays on a lot of like classic sci-fi tropes mm -hmm. and then to make it more deep and interesting yeah than it was right. uh metroid other m tried that and it didn't work out yeah that's the vibe that i've gotten over the past decade or so <laughs> but then uh then after zero suit samus we went into smash 4 and didn't get any new playable characters but then smash ultimate one of its first trailers revealed a Ridley. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, we've already mentioned this on the podcast, but he's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, you know what I? You know what we haven't mentioned at all the podcast that event. Yeah. Um, Nintendo has been doing Smash Bros. Ultimate demo events, uh, at various Best Buys over the past couple months. Sean and I went to one in Chicago, and we waited in line for three hours. It really was three hours. It was, yeah, it was like... <laughs> and it felt like three hours. Yeah, it was a minimum of two and a half, and then we played six minutes of Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> we, we got to play two... Two rounds. Yeah, two three-minute long matches. Um, I played as Ridley the first time, and Pokemon Trainer the second time. Sean played as... I played as Inkling the first time right. and Snake the second time. Yes. And that's it. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. And yeah, like even even though it was like a four player match and it was really hectic, <laughs> uh I still loved the three minutes that I got with Ridley. Yes. And I in turn really enjoyed playing as Inkling a good deal. Yeah. But man, Ridley's so satisfying. He he like that that ability where he grabs you and drags you across the screen is great. His <laughs> his fucking tail shot where he fucking stuns you with his tail and does like 50% damage. He's cool. He's yeah, really cool. He is. He is. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to playing as him some more. And probably worth repeating, that really is a character that I've wanted in Smash Bros <laughs> since I saw him in in the melee opening cutscene. Right. I didn't even know who he was when I saw that opening <laughs> cutscene. And it he sing that shot of him like fighting Samus while holding the Metroid uh single handedly like got me into the Metroid franchise and you know I've played most of the games in the series now. So you've really had some time to think about this. Yes, I absolutely have. <laughs> I wanted him in Brawl, I wanted him in four and 
for Ultimate, I was like, this is the game. This is the game. And it is the game. And I'm very happy about that. Well, something that I'm less happy about is the next character that we're <laughs> going to be discussing. Yeah, so Dark Samus. <laughs> it's really funny, actually, because we were on the verge of predicting Dark Samus <laughs> for Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, we were talking about the potential of her being an Echo Fighter. And I went, do I predict... Well, let's let's wait until the Metroid episode because nothing's gonna happen right. that fucks that up. And now here we are, at Dark Samus, <laughs> the character that no one wanted. That's not true. People <laughs> wanted Dark Samus, and she's in the game, and that's fine. Yeah, I I, I like that she floats. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. that's cool, and her, that's it. Her character model animation is pretty cool. Yes, but I like sort of the the qualm I have with a lot of potential Echo Fighter inclusion is that it would be cool to have these characters in the game, but with their own movesets, mm-hmm. right? Like, Dark Samus as a Samus clone, I think, is a huge waste of potential. Sure. Because Dark Samus does a lot of very unique and wacky things in the Metroid Prime series. Right. Uh, or so I've been told. Uh, that trio of games is one of the things that I, I really need to knock off of my backlog. Sure. I've, I've played, like, the first hour of Metroid Prime, like... The first one, like mm-hmm. three separate times, right? Like the spaceship part. Yeah, the yeah. spaceship part, and then like you lose all your powers and you end up on some other planet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I always get to the beginning of that next sequence, and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, my powers are gone," and I stop. Uh, which you know, like I, I don't think that that's a bad trope. You know, I, I don't. Right, yeah, like that's I, fine. I, I, yeah, I think it's really kind of cool when you get to like start with a full kit and then you lose your powers, but you know, like where you're going to get to. You mm-hmm. know. Um, that can be neat. In Metroid Prime specifically for me, it's like, okay, well, I'm kind of worse now, so I'll come back to this later, and then I never do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you there. But, you know, I, I do know that Dark Samus is more than just blue, creepy Samus. I know that much. Uh, especially because she did some kind of creepy things when she was in the Sis Trophy, mm-hmm. which is how she first appeared in Smash 4. Right. So, you know... I guess it's fine that she's in. Uh, w- <laughs> I I know that Sean is holding in a very specific complaint about Dark Samus, and I I grant him permission to repeat it for the third time on this podcast if he'd like. Um, she's dumb. S A X. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Next, S <laughs> A X. Uh, for for those for people that are both newcomers to this podcast <laughs> and not into the Metroid series, S A X is. Uh, the antagonist of Fusion, whose shtick Dark Samus pretty much ganks yeah. for the Metroid Prime franchise. And now everyone's like, oh, Dark Samus. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> SAX is superior. It would be really cool if there was an SAX costume for, I would, for Dark Samus. I would like that a lot. Yeah. But yeah, those are the four veterans. We also have more than one veteran assist trophy. Uh, of course, Dark Samus in Smash 4. But before that, in Brawl, we got a Metroid from yeah. from Metroid, uh, the the cute little green uh, aliens with with like you can see their body parts, their squishiness inside of that green, and they got the claws and they just fly they'll, over and they'll they, kill you. Yeah, they they fly over and they just suck your life force. They just clamp on you and your percentage goes up, and uh, and you gotta shake them off or or you're in trouble. Well implemented assist trophy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I like it. It's mm-hmm. good. Then in Smash 4, they added a Mother Brain Assist trophy that is just the Mother Brain <laughs> boss battle from the original Metroid. I right. love it. I really love that. It's great. Like, her tank just fills up, like, half the screen, and then she shoots <laughs> all the, like, the fireballs and lasers that she would have shot at you in the original game. It's great. I do wish that we had some T-Rex Mother Brain representation from, sure. you know, uh, from Super Metroid. Yeah. Like a stage boss or something. That's the Mother Brain that I grew up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. But what are you going to do? Um, I guess just wish that T-Rex Mother Brain was in Smash. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> there were some Smash 4 costumes, but there weren't some Smash 4. There was... <laughs> as far as... Uh... As far as Smash 4 costumes go, there was one, and that is a Samus costume. You can dress up like <laughs> Samus. You could make your Me Gunner look like Samus, if you like. Right. Um, which, you know, that's fine. Yeah. That leaves us with discussion for potential new characters to be an Ultimate. I think the base roster is covered at this point. Yeah, I would I don't, say so. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see any new fellas or ladies from the Metroid franchise in the base roster. However, as far as DLC goes, I think there's one particularly interesting topic worth tackling. Okay. So, in the DS game, Metroid Prime Hunters, Mm -hmm. a bunch of new bounty hunters were introduced. They were playable in the multiplayer mode of the game. Uh, Some cool designs, too, like Trace, which is just like a blood alien, (laughs) and and Weevil, which... uh, which, like, could sort of, like, separate their body and, like, their legs could turn into a turret while their torso <laughs> just sort of crawled around and, like, slashed at you. Uh, that so, sounds like a goofy-ass Mortal Kombat character. It does, doesn't it? Uh, but most of them, you know, didn't really stick and haven't been seen in the series since. Which is a shame because that's the kind of Metroid world building that I like, Yeah, you know? Like, let's get away from anything that Metroid Other M did and just bring in some wacky alien bounty hunters. Yeah, but there have been, there has been one character that debuted in Hunters that the guy that makes Metroid, I think Sakamoto, keeps shoving into Metroid Prime games, like usually like as kind of like cliffhangers, and has therefore been kind of implying that Silux for Metroid Prime Hunters, is going to be more important to the Metroid franchise eventually, particularly in Metroid Prime 4. Metroid Prime 3 uh, kind of ends with Silux's ship following Samus uh. as she escapes from wherever she escapes from. And I think Metroid Prime Federation uh, has some Silux in it, like okay. either like as an Easter egg or, or another like cliffhanger, where Silux, uh, I don't know, screams. <laughs> Haven't played Metroid Prime Hunters Federation. (laughs) And then the game ends. Yeah. Oh, Silex! So Silex is kind of being set up to be the main antagonist of Metroid Prime 4, Mm -hmm. which kind of begs the thought, what if Metroid Prime 4 comes out, and a little later, as kind of a tie-in to Metroid Prime 4, Uh... Silex... Uh, the main antagonist of Metroid Prime 4 gets released as a a DLC character for Ultimate. Okay. And initially I was I was pretty convinced that this would be the case, especially when current roster of Metroid characters was two instead of four. <laughs> and 
if you asked me at the very beginning of this, I would have said that Ridley and Silex would be added to the roster to make a, a four-character Metroid roster in Smash Ultimate. The problem but, being, of course, that now there's a four-character Metroid roster. Yeah, exactly. So does Silex make that feel crowded? I don't think it does. Like, I think Metroid deserves five characters, mm-hmm. especially when one of them is, like, a clone, and especially when three of them are named Samus. Uh <laughs> It'd be nice to have the diversity that Silex would bring to the roster. Sure. And, you know, Silex would play very differently. Silex has, like, their their own moveset, you know, their own weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they've got their own aesthetic, even. They're very, like, sleek and sort of, like, robotic-looking. Right. Uh, yeah, it'd be really cool to see Silex in the game. But I guess... Like, the closer to release we get... I always thought that if it happened, it would be DLC. Mm-hmm. But I guess, like... Seeing so much of the full roster now, I think that DLC characters we get will be largely from games that are already out. Games that, when Sakurai was making the design document, hadn't proven themselves yet, mm-hmm. right? Stuff like ARMS, uh, maybe Xenoblade 2, sure. right? Uh, but stuff that he will go back and retroactively add into the roster, um, I think one major exception will be a Gen 8 Pokemon, right? Yeah. Uh, or a, a major exception could be a Gen 8 Pokemon. Maybe even, well, let's save the Fire Emblem talk for a little later. But I think Silex for Metroid Prime 4, I don't know. I could still see it happen, but back in the day I would have said there's like a good 80% chance of that happening. I'm more like in the 40% camp right now. Or okay. Even, or even like 30%. What do you think? I'm not feeling Silux. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I do think particularly the point you made about it being kind of odd for a character to be kind of put into the game before he is made relevant again. Yeah. Uh, just feels a little bizarre to me. Like, I feel as though if Silux were to get, you know, announced as a character prior to the launch of the game or as part of the DLC lineup, the primary reaction would be who the fuck is Silex? Right. You know? And and to be clear, I think if Silex were announced as a DLC character, it would be after Metroid Prime 4's release. Right. Like, that is the only situation in which that makes sense to me. Yeah. Like I think I think the hypothetical timeline here is Metroid Prime 4 comes out fall 2019, and then uh Silex is a winter 2019 or early 2020 DLC release for Ultimate. Okay. How do you how do you feel with that context? I still don't think Silex is going to be a playable character in Smash Ultimate. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Like uh like yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and not predict Silex, but I I was very confident about Silex once upon a time. Okay. Um and I think it'd be really neat. I think Silex would bring some diversity to that Metroid roster. I mean, Ridley does too, obviously. And Samus and Zero Suit Samus couldn't be any more different playstyle-wise. <laughs> um, but... Uh, in terms of, like, in, in being terms... literally a different character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and so, like, so distinct, you know? Silex is so distinct as a character. Right, like, to be clear, I think it'd be really great to have Silex in the game. Um, yeah. I just, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting a message from the Smash gods, and it's telling me it ain't happening. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, uh, bosses, there have definitely been some Metroid bosses, and they're all named Ridley (laughs) in Smash Bros. Ridley showed up as a subspace emissary boss, Mm -hmm. and then after you beat Ridley, 
uh, Meta Ridley was a subspace emissary boss. And then in Smash 4, on the Pyrosphere stage, uh, Ridley shows up and and is a boss that you can fight. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's generally always been Ridley. And, and now he's in the game. And now he's in the game. So A, I'm wondering what that means for Ridley as a Pyrosphere boss. Mm-hmm. And B, what other bosses could be in a mode that lets you fight bosses? Sure. Um, and I think there's a lot of options here. I think so, too. Metroid's got a lot of great bosses in it. Yeah, I think I think the two most notable ones we're talking about probably are Kraid, mm-hmm. a, a character that has been a boss in Metroid games a lot, or at least a non-small amount, you know? Yeah. Like, debuted in Metroid 1, just like Ridley, and is very iconic, big green lizard that it's huge and you fight it and and then it dies in lava very large lad a large lad a double l if not a triple l <laughs> leaping large lad a lusciously large lad. oh i like that yeah leaky large lad <laughs> he is kind of leaky he He's does leaky. yeah especially spikes coming out yeah especially when uh when he's submerged in lava he's definitely leaking then that's true um another one i think might be more topical though is the metroid queen Ah. from samus returns Uh aka metroid 2 that that was a spooky boss right that was oh for sure that was a spooky lady right there got a like morph ball into its mouth and let it eat you and then put bombs in its stomach you know that's some serious stuff man that was that's pretty gross actually that didn't really was... get explored again until the first men in black when tommy lee jones goes inside of the bug to get his gun back <laughs> did it first on the game boy everybody <laughs> that's that's where that guy got the idea exactly yep yep yeah and obviously there's there's tons of fucking bosses that you could do yeah uh, maybe this is where sax shows up it's not it's not where sax shows up i'm sorry no. My actually, funnily enough, my dream boss would not be SAX, mm. but it would be from Fusion. Ah. Um, there's this boss nightmare that you fight at one point. Ah. It's this kind of like bio weapon that gets introduced gradually throughout the story, and then you have like this showdown. Uh-huh. And it's this big kind of creepy thing with like a computer monitor for a face and these two big claw hands. Oh wow! And uh, the more you fight it, like you kind of shatter the screen of the computer monitor, its face starts melting. It's like really trippy, weird boss. And uh, the reason that I think it'd be a fun boss for Smash is that it has a sort of telekinetic control over gravity. Oh. So like you're trying to fight it and you're like shooting missiles at it and the missiles just like come out of your gun and then hit the floor. Ooh. Um and I think that'd be a really neat mechanic to throw into a smash stage. Oh, that'd be awesome, yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Good pick. Thank you. Alright, let's get into some stages. Metroid has had a deceptively large amount of stages actually mm-hmm. uh represented throughout its Smash history. And only two of them have been Brinstar. <laughs> um so first was Planet Zebes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in Smash Bros. sixty four, and it you know it's it's a platform, and sometimes some lava comes up. I think, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. always a big fan of this stage as a kid because everyone else would be like so concentrating on the battle they were having yeah. that they wouldn't notice the lava. Yeah. I, on the other hand, because I was bad at Smash, yeah. would be paying attention to things other than me getting my ass beat. And then realize the lava was coming up and jump up and laugh at my friends as they got tossed into the air. Ha ha. So, good stage. 
Planet Zebes has not been present since Smash Bros. 64 because Brinstar in Melee is just a spiritual successor <laughs> to the Planet Zebes stage. Right. It's pretty identical, except now there's like these fucking like weird like circles, like these bubbles right. in the center of the stage, and you can like kick the bubbles to sort of like make the stage break apart. Like and adjust stuff. the platform positions and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And the lava. And that has been in Melee Brawl, the 3DS version of Smash Bros. 4, and Smash Bros. Ultimate. Like, it's confirmed to be an Ultimate. Right, it's, it's coming back. It's it's back, baby. Um, pretty classic stage. Definitely yeah. definitely uh, deserves its, its presence there. Yeah, for sure. It's worth inclusion. Yeah. Uh, but also debuted in Melee, but we didn't see for a while, mm-hmm. was the Brinstar Depths. Yeah. Uh, the Brinstar Depths stage was pretty interesting. Uh, it was kind of like this this platform mm-hmm. uh, in the middle again, but like it rotated at certain oh, points. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and uh, also Kraid was in the background, and Kraid was the one rotating the stage by like <laughs> swatting it. It was only in Melee, but now it is back in Ultimate. It's confirmed to be back. Woo! Yeah. Then there's the Norfair stage. Norfair kind of sounds like a gentleman from northern England saying that something isn't fair. <laughs> Norfair! Oh, yeah, it's Norfair! <laughs> yeah, Norfair debuted in Brawl. It's kind of like five platforms, one in the center, uh, two like on either side of it, and then another two on either side of those, mm-hmm. uh, all sort of like making like a V shape. Right. Um, And this also has a lava gimmick, but the lava comes from the side of the stage. <laughs> Instead of aha, uh, instead of the bottom, I think it also might come from the bottom. I think it like mixes it up where the lava comes from, and that was in Brawl. It was in the Wii U version of Four, and it is coming back for Smash Bros. Ultimate. Oi! I thought the lava was coming from the side. That's no fair. <laughs> also debuted in Brawl. Oi! Sorry, go on. <laughs> also debuted in Brawl, Frigate Orphean, a frigate. Frigate. Also debuted in Brawl, Frigate Orphean uh, from Metroid Prime, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, all, all these other stages were in the original Metroid, right? Norfair was in the original, Brainstar was in the original. Right. Frigate Orphean was a very Prime-inspired stage, and it, uh, it, <laughs> it was how you say, ah. Uh, what is happening to you? It was very green. <laughs> I, I don't know what I... <laughs> Uh, anyway yeah like it has this fucking test tube in the background right like this, right right uh yeah this big tube in the back with like a creepy monster uh clawing at the back and there's some platforms that you're fighting on in front of it and sometimes like the the room will flash and the stage will rotate and the mm-hmm. the plat like the stage will flip upside down and the platforms will be different and, and I think that's a reference to kind of the first part of that game where, like, you defeat that creature that's in the test tube. Oh, yeah. And then the ship starts to crash and it actually, like, rotates. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And sometimes the the platforms will, like, move up and down and stuff. Right. Very, like, interactive stage. Yeah, it's neat. It was in Brawl. It wasn't in uh, either version of 4, but it's back for Ultimate. Woo! Bring it back! Yeah, baby. And finally, debuting in the Wii U version of 4 is the Pyrosphere, a stage uh, specifically taken from Metroid Other M. <laughs> and uh, it's got a big platform in the center and some 
some platforms above it on the sides, and sometimes Ridley will show up and fight you. Hmm. Um, Probably not anymore. Well, I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it. I wonder if it'll be a situation where, uh, where Ridley will still show up as a boss, but if you're playing as Ridley, he won't. It'd be funny if, like, if you were playing as Ridley, it's Mecha Ridley, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, or if it's a Meta Ridley, or or just like. Uh, it's Ridley, but he's wearing a paper bag on his head, so you can't tell. That's the most likely version. Yeah, I, I knew it. <laughs> Keep your eyes out for paper bag Ridley. <laughs> An secret. Echo Fighter. Oh, actually... <laughs> actually, I know what's happening. The stage won't be fucking in the game. It's... <laughs> It's not confirmed to be an ultimate right now. It's, well, okay. it's only been uh it's only in Smash Bros. four Wii U version right now. I see. Uh yeah. Brainstar, Brainstar Depths, Norfair and Frigate, uh Frigate, Orphean, all confirmed to return. Pyrosphere is not present on that stage select screen. Okay. So I think that's how they're solving it. It's like, oh, Ridley's a really important stage hazard for this. We could either completely redo the stage hazard uh for situations where Ridley's playable, or not included. So also, this is from a game that no one likes. Also, no, yeah. <laughs> also, no one likes other M. Although I do have an ongoing theory that every stage will eventually be present hmm. in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Like they'll just trickle in the remaining stages as DLC, right? And I think Pyrosphere will show up in that, and they just won't give a shit, and you'll <laughs> be able to fight Ridley as Ridley if you want. Okay, but that's all the existing stages so far. I don't think we'll be getting any new stages. Um, if we did, is there a new stage that you'd love to see in the game? Hmm. The Space Pirate Base in Metroid Zero Mission. Ah, um, cool. that's cool. And the Space Pirates could be could be stage hazards and stuff. I like that yeah. a lot. You could almost do like a gamer style thing because, of course, you know, in Metroid Zero Mission, there's that part where you're Zero Suit Samus and you're sneaking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe there's bits where the space pirates come out and you have to hide behind something. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Yeah. What about you? Any any dream stages? You know, even though I'm generally not a big fan of traveling stages, I think that would be a great trope for a Metroid stage. Yeah. You know, like flying from SR388 to Planet Zebes yeah. to the research station on yeah. Samus's ship. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it'd be a really fun thing to do. Oh, man. You know what's kind of crazy that they haven't done this? What's that? Uh, is just a stage where you're escaping from a planet. Oh, yeah. Right? Where the timer's going off, everything's uh-huh. collapsing. Like, maybe you start uh, at the very beginning of the stage... Uh, Mother Brain explodes, <laughs> and then you have to escape from from Planet Zebes. That'd be really great. Or, I think was that Zebes? Was that the first planet? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And and you just have to escape from the planet, and uh, and you know jump up all the platforms, and it's it's just like a scrolling stage that you uh, have to you have to make it out. Of the that'd planet. be really great. Yeah. And then uh, then at the very end, you get onto Samus's ship, and she flies you out of the she flies you into space. And then the ship uh, circles back around <laughs> right, and lands, lands next on the to, planet. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, um, that's really good. Yeah, that's man. It shocks me that I have, that that has not happened. Uh, though I do think that the most likely stage we could get is a Metroid Prime Four DLC stage, mm, and maybe that would release alongside Silex if Silex shows up. Actually, I almost feel like a Metroid Prime 4 DLC stage is more likely than Silex would be <laughs> to be added. I can you know? see that. Because, yeah, we, we did get some 
some DLC stage, at least one DLC stage for stuff that came out after Smash Bros. 4. Right. Uh, we got a Super Mario Maker right. uh, DLC stage for Smash Bros. 4. And I think just, yeah, stages representing games that have just come out. It's a great way to advertise those games. I agree. So I can see it. Obviously, there's no real guess at what that stage would be because we know <laughs> nothing about Metroid Prime 4 still. Except that it is apparently coming. Yeah. Look forward to a DLC stage of you fighting on top of the Metroid Prime <laughs> Just 4 Just like the logo. words, right? Yeah, yeah that's funny. And, and like, you know, you can see that blue space in the background. <laughs> uh, Good. Some some intense music plays. Yeah, that's that's the stage. So items. Yeah. There's one item that has been in Smash Bros. since Melee. Mm-hmm. There were no Metroid items in Smash Bros. 64, but in Melee, there was the Screw Attack item. Right. Now, in Melee, the Screw Attack was an item you picked up and you held in your hands, and as long as you were holding it in your hands, you could, when you jumped, you could do the Screw Attack. Right. You could also throw the Screw Attack <laughs> at someone, and then they'd involuntarily do a Screw Attack jump. Mm-hmm. Starting with Brawl, it became kind of a badge, like the Franklin badge, that you could, once you picked it up, it'd be on your person, and for a limited time, you would have the screw attack jump. Right. You'd jump, and you'd spin in a circle and do damage to people around you. Yeah. Yeah, cool item. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in Melee, it's in Brawl, it's in 4, and it's in Ultimate. Right. And as far as new items, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, yeah, I don't, I, uh, it, that's tough because... A lot of the, like, items in Metroid are just upgrades for Samus. Yeah, exactly. And so it would be weird to make an item that is just an upgrade for Samus instead of, like, just giving Samus a move or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I think I'm fine with just the screw attack. <laughs> yeah. I don't, really, I don't really know what else I would pick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um. The only thing I can think of is, like... An item where you pick up and then you use it and you like run forward really fast like uh, Samus does. The, that'd yeah. be kind of cool. I forget what that's called, like the speed force. Yeah. <laughs> it's not called the speed force. That's, no. that's what the Flash does. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, uh, the soundtrack. Metro's got a cool soundtrack. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's mostly like very like ambient, like spooky tracks, but the Smash Bros. team has done a great job translating those to smash bros tracks yeah like some existing highlights that i like are the the title theme from the original metroid there's a remix of it that specifically focuses on the like the and and it just like keeps riffing on that in a really like cool upbeat rocky way that i really like there's a remix of the main theme of metroid uh that like that has like really heavy guitar, right? Mm-hmm. And it just starts with like just this guy going like Samus is under fire. She sent an emergency <laughs> directive. Join the fight. Like anytime there's someone saying some awkward shit in English prior to a smash song, you know stuff's about to go down. Right? Yeah. It's always amazing. It's always so good. Like yeah. the fucking uh like that F Zero theme that's coming to <laughs> the ultimate. F Zero right. Uh so good. Yeah. And, and there's also a Norfair remix that's just, like, really funky. It's got, <laughs> uh, it's just a remix that I never would have expected that track to have. Sure. But it's real good. You know, ver- the Versus Ridley remix is obviously awesome. Sure, sure. There's going to be a new Versus Parasite Queen remix. Oh, in, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh in Ultimate, and that's going to be awesome. Agreed. Uh, and, of course, there's that Brinstar remix that we've already heard. Right. Is there 
any specific music track you'd like to see revisited for Smash Bros? Not that I can think of offhand. They've really hit a lot of the highlights with what they've already got. Yeah, they really, really have. Actually, some people did some sleuthing hmm. during the August 8th, 2018 Smash Direct. Mm-hmm. And here's some stuff we can expect uh, as far as new stuff goes. Uh, there's a Brinstar Depth theme, obviously. There's the Versus Parasite Queen arrangement. There's also a theme from Metroid Prime Federation Force called Splash Screen. Ah. Uh, that was seen in the sound test during that direct. Okay. Uh, and it's a new remix. There's also Area 1-5 Torrid Zone. <laughs> uh, the remix being specifically for Metroid Samus Returns, uh, also seen in the sound test. Okay. So yeah, as far as new remixes, you can expect that. You can expect some Federation Force. You can expect some Samus Returns. Nice. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah, and I think it's good they're pulling from those games because I think they've really... I wouldn't say they've like they've milked the the, the well dry. You know? I wouldn't well, say... I wouldn't say that boy, howdy, son. I, there's a lot of milk in this <laughs> here well. Time to milk her dry. <laughs> oh, you're sure all right, Deputy McCletus. Gotta get... The mammary product out of this here hole in the ground. <laughs> the mammary product. You couldn't say, like, the cow drink. Nope. It had to be the mammary product. <laughs> well, a- we are mammals. <laughs> the mammary product sounds like a fucking, like, game made by the Zero Escape guy. <laughs> That's what that it sounds. absolutely does. The memory product. <laughs> <laughs> the memory product to cow drink. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the the well has been dried up for for games for previous Metroid. <laughs> Previous no. games. Nope. <laughs> Plenty of white calcium liquid in there. You can pull out. <laughs> but, but you're right. I think I think the best the best titles, the, the best tracks have kind of already been represented from, from those older Metroid games. I think so too. So drawing from Samus Returns, drawing from Federation Force, I think is a great way to sort of expand the soundtrack. Me too. Yeah. So I'm into that. And that is all the Metroid stuff to talk about. Wow. Yeah, so it turns out that I can fly by a bit when when Sakurai has already shown you seven tons of Metroid content. <laughs> Time flies when you can't predict anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do tend to enjoy the, the sort of Smash history part of the podcast, though. And we, really, and we haven't really done it in a while, so it's nice to, nice to jump back in. Yeah, step back into our old shoes. Squeaky. <laughs> Let's open some listener mail. Yes, that's a good idea. Reese N. says, As somebody who considers Metroid their favorite series, I cannot express how happy I am to see the love the series has been getting in Ultimate, especially after the lackluster representation in Smash 4. That being said, I think we've seen the extent of the Metroid reveals outside of some music tracks, at least for the base game. Hmm. Here's three things I'd love to see as DLC. One, stages. I hope we get a new stage as DLC. A Samus Return stage, 
uh, Chozo Laboratory would be so unique. Ah. Or Phase would be the most likely, I think. Hmm. However, my most wanted stage is Sanctuary Fortress, as unlikely as that is. Two, alt costumes. One of my favorite parts about Smash mods is how they go ham on costumes. I'd love to see Samus extend her wardrobe with the Phazon, Fusion, Light, or Samus Returns Gravity Suit. It's also a bit odd that every non-Echo Metroid character has at least one alt except Samus, who's arguably the best candidate to receive them. Three, music. A thing I want in general for Smash, even beyond Metroid, is music packs. Since music is now tied to every stage by series, I think something like this could work. My biggest one for Metroid is to have Dark Samus' theme, even if it's not a new arrangement. It's shockingly absent from her trailers, oh, yeah. instead using the new Brainstar Depths and Parasite Queen themes, and it isn't seen on Metroid's music menu in the latest Direct. Hmm. Thanks for writing, Reese N. Yeah. You could say that your letter gave us a Reese N for living. Thanks for the mail, <laughs> Reese. Yeah, I think those are all really good points. I think those are really good ones. Great ideas for stages. Yes. And yeah, I didn't actually notice that Dark Samus's theme <laughs> is not in the game, even though Dark Samus is. That is weird. Yeah, that is a little weird. But there, there is just kind of that, that thing where uh, Sakurai just lets whoever make whatever arrangements they want <laughs> right which gives you situations like 60 remixes for castlevania right and zero for final fantasy 7 i'm i'm sure actually there'd be more remixes for final fantasy if they were legally allowed to make those remixes mm -hmm. yeah but anyway yeah i love music packs that'd be awesome really the more music you put in this video game the happier i will be same but yeah great suggestions thank you reese thanks Harsh My Mellow on Reddit says, We should get a costume of the Zero Suit Samus from the first game. What's it called again? I know it's a secret code that gives you ZSS in the first game. <laughs> uh, thank you, Harsh My Mellow. What you're thinking of is the Justin Bailey cheat. Right. Uh, a, a code that you can put into the original NES game, or at least some versions of, of the original Metroid, and and putting it in... Uh, gives you, like, Samus uh, in, like, a purple leotard with green hair. <laughs> kind of like a, a messed-up color palette for Samus. Right. Um, in her in her regular human form. Uh, this is this is kind of like the very first version of Zero Suit Samus we ever got. And, and that would be great, just, like, uh, Zero Suit Samus with, with green hair, purple suit. It's weird that there hasn't been a zero like a like a justin bailey reference that's true yeah it all it i i imagine it as being sort of like in killer instinct how you have the classic costume and they're just like super 90s yeah yeah like maybe kind of a similar thing going on with like a justin bailey zero suit samus skin yeah that'd be awesome i think that could be really fun also when i was looking at the outline and it just says like for the listener mail it just says justin bailey next to the name of the submitter I definitely, even though I knew about that cheat code, was just sitting there racking my brain going like, who the fuck is Justin Bailey? Is that like a Nintendo character I'm not aware of? Are you going to talk about? So I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah. I think Justin Bailey is the name of... There, there's something. There's, the, there's a reason it's called Justin Bailey. Right. Like, just, like someone named Justin Bailey 
like won a contest or something. I I thought that it was like the word just the word in and then the word Bailey with Bailey meaning like kind of a similar thing to like birthday suit or something like that. Oh yeah. Is that what it is? Oh, oh that might be Oh yeah. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Okay, let's see. Um <laughs> Okay. Alright. There are uh, according to the uh, Wikitroid, the Metroid Wiki, <laughs> there are many false theories regarding the password. For example, Justin Bailey was originally thought to be one of the creators of the game, but no such name appears in the game credits. Hmm. It was also often said that the Justin Bailey code was a reference to an English or Australian term for a bathing suit. <laughs> bathing suits were, according to this rumor, referred to as Baileys, so Justin Bailey would be right. more accurately be rendered as just in a Bailey, which is what Samus appears to wear when the code is used. However, Samus's outfit with this coat is a leotard, not a bathing suit, and Bailey is not actually slang for bathing suit anywhere in the world. It is now. <laughs> There's also rumored that the password violated Metroid's normal checksum verification, which would suggest that Justin Bailey was deliberately coded into the game. The Metro database has attempted to debunk this myth using password generators. Anyway, the the short answer is no one <laughs> fucking knows. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. Come on, lads, get your Baileys on. We're going to the beach. <laughs> What's a Bailey? I don't know, son. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Poppy. <laughs> Pips. Your old pie's gone. Nuts in the head. <laughs> ah. Anyway, thanks for writing. <laughs> Archmello. Thank, thanks, Archmello. Thank, thanks for teaching us that fun fact inadvertently. Yeah. Since the Metroid speculation, well, is obviously a bit milkless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's uh, read some some non-Metroid mail. Nikolai B. says, Hello to my new favorite smashing duo. Aww. I've been listening through your back catalog while checking out your new episodes as well, and just got done with the third-party characters trilogy. I'm shocked that neither of you or any fans mentioned Shantae from Way Forward. Hmm. Shantae started her franchise on Nintendo's Game Boy Color and has consistently been on their platforms since with her series. She branched out to all platforms, but every entry in her franchise is on Nintendo. Primarily, it's handheld. Her last game, Half Genie Hero, just got its final DLC not long ago, so she's still fairly relevant even now, not to mention when the game would have started development. She has a ton of moveset potential with her ability to transform <laughs> and her pirate tools, such as her makeshift parachute for slow falling after recovery, or her scabbard charge as a side special. As for popularity, her latest game was successfully kickstarted, so there's obviously a fan base that's fairly sizable. She fits the RPM triangle <laughs> pretty nicely, Woo. but I will admit at this point that I think her chances as a non-DLC are slim, as I don't expect any other launch third-party characters. Anyway, just wanted to share that prediction, even if it's a bit late. Keep up the smashing work, guys. Nick B. Thanks, Nick. It always amazes me that people like listen to our back catalog of episodes yeah when i'm listening to a podcast like ours where it depends on kind of current content yeah i just listen to the latest ones like i'm not going back and listening to the back episodes of the npr politics podcast because in the current political climate like a day later it feels like it's a year old right uh <laughs> so thanks for going through all that stuff yeah 
And hey, new viewers, don't be like Sean. Listen to our older stuff. Yes, don't be like me. Uh, do whatever you want. Yeah, you know, actually, like obviously, yeah. like if you don't want us to talk about old Smash news, I understand that and but I respect you, that. But you might never have full context on the incredibly important RPM triangle if you don't go back and listen. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's up to you. Uh, so, <laughs> as far as Shantae is concerned. Shantae's in this weird situation where, like, even though she, you know, her games kind of have appeared consistently on Nintendo consoles. Yeah. And the first one, obviously, like, wasn't kickstarted or anything like that. It was just kind of released for the system. Yeah. I think of Shantae as being, like, an indie character. You know what I mean? It's got that kind of feel to it. Yeah, even though the first Shantae game was actually a Capcom game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was published by Capcom anyway. But WayForward retained the rights. In spite of that, I definitely... Shantae kind of occupies this indie space in my mind. Yeah. And I just feel as though, you know, it's that kind of thing where it's like, well, if Shovel Knight's not a character, then Shantae's not going to be a character. Yeah, that's I don't, actually... I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of how I feel about no, it. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, what I was, uh, what I was going to say is that I've, I've mentioned multiple times on the podcast that if any indie character was a contender to be playable, it was Shovel Knight. Yeah. By the way, I don't think uh, I give myself enough credit for accurately predicting from the very beginning that he would be an assist trophy and that's it good job yeah thank you thank yes 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 so since shovel knight is only an assist trophy that means i don't think any other indie or indie ish character like shantae uh, really is going to cut it, you know? Having said that, I do think Shantae would be a great character. I think she'd be great, too. Yeah, oh, lots man. of moveset potential. Her transformations would be awesome. Really, really fun conceptually. Yeah, no, she'd be awesome. And she deserves to be in some kind of smashy game. Yeah. Kind of like how Shovel Knight is in Rivals of Ether now. Right. Right? And he's actually great. Shantae would actually be a really fun Rivals of Aether character because she just turns into a bunch of animals. Yeah! <laughs> like, she's just permanently, like, a monkey or something, right, and that's right. how she gets in. Uh-huh, oh, man. Cute. Oh, man. Put Shantae in, in Rivals of Aether, too. Dan, if you're listening to the podcast, do Dan, it. Dan! Yes, please. <laughs> but anyway, Nick, I think that's uh, I think that's a great suggestion. Agreed. And I, I wouldn't mind if Shantae got in, but I don't see it as that likely. Same. But thank you for writing. Yeah. Finally, we got mail from Mark E. Mark E says, Howdy, folks. First, I wanted to reach out to express my appreciation for the show. I found the podcast after the August Smash Direct, and I came for the theories, but stayed for the banter. (laughs) Went all the way back to the beginning of the show and made it back up to the Assist Trophies episode a couple days ago. Y'all's dynamic is fantastic, and it feels (laughs) like I'm listening in on a conversation of some old friends of mine. Thanks, Mark E. Even caught myself laughing out loud at times. Wow. Hope y'all will continue the show even after the release date, because I'd love to hear your thoughts on the game in A Smashing Assessment. (laughs) It's not bad, Mark. Yeah. Uh, In the meantime, I'd like to hear about your predictions, and also your Shoot for the Moon wish list for other game modes not yet shown in SSBU. Mainly, what's behind the games and more menu, Hmm. e.g. target smash, events, board the platforms. From what I can remember, I think we only know of classic mode. My own idea is a pipe dream, but I'll say it anyway. 
I want the ability to play as eight or 16 bit versions of the characters. <laughs> of course, that'd be basically its own game within the game and it would probably make more sense to be in special smash of already broken my own rule. Obviously many characters are younger than the eight bit era, but that didn't stop super Mario maker. Not going to happen, but I want it hoping that retro renders of the characters gets incorporated somehow though. Love the show. Y'all are great. Thanks for doing this. Marky. Well, first of all, thank you, Mark E., for the kind words. Yeah. Uh, it really warms my heart. Yeah, thank you so much. I've got a couple things I want to say to your mail. The first is the way that they could incorporate retro renders of the characters. Mm -hmm. There should be a item in the game that is the Mario Maker question mark mushroom. Uh, right? It slides along, and if you bump into it, you get downgraded into an 8-bit character, <laughs> an 8-bit render of your character that can only like jump basically and can't use any of its moves. That's really cute. I like that a lot. And then you eventually like get changed back. Um <laughs> that that's how I would incorporate that. As far as new modes and pie in the sky dreams, obviously, you know, that some kind of callback to the whole story mode to the whole subspace emissary thing sure. would be cool. But I think we're all expecting spirits to be some kind of spin on that. So as far as something that could fit in Games and More or even in Special Brawl, mm -hmm. um, do you got anything at the top of your head? So I don't know about a prediction of a thing that would actually happen necessarily. Yeah, give, give me your, your hopes, your cool. dreams. So this is something that I just thought of, but the more I've thought about it, the more I think that it would be really neat. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> basically just like taking Mario Party and cramming it into Smash. I mean, they, they've done that with uh, with Smash Tour for the Wii U before. Remember that? Uh, remind me. Yeah, Smash Tour, you're, uh, you're, you're on a board, and uh, as you go on the board, you, like, you get into, like, single-player fights initially, right? Mm -hmm. And you collect characters, right? Oh, yeah. You collect yeah. characters, and then you sort of have a roster of characters that each are its own life. Uh, that you finally get into like a big fight at the end with. But I'm going bigger. Okay. You pick a character initially. That is the character you play as for the entire game. Okay. You're on a game board. You can land on fight squares where you fight each other. Uh -huh. You can land on break the targets squares where you're just frantically trying oh. to break more targets than anyone else. Okay. You can land on board the platform squares. Okay. You can land on boss squares. Ooh. Uh, at the end of the match, the uh, person with the most points wins. Okay. That's what I want. So, yeah. Sort so... of like Smash Tour Part 2. Nice. So you'd like an overhaul of Smash Tour to make it less disappointing because Smash Tour was so disappointing that Sean forgot it existed. Yeah, I really only played the 3DS version of Smash unless yeah. we had a bunch of people over and we were like doing eight-player Smash. Yeah, you you played Smash Tour with a group of us exactly once, and I don't think we ever revisited that mode. Well, there you go. Yeah. So um, that's what I want. Smash Journey rather than <laughs> Smash Tour. It's, it's not the Smash Destination. It's a Smash Journey. Exactly. Hmm. I I like it when Smash gets wacky. You do? I think... Hmm. Oh my gosh. What? Here's what I really want. Okay. So, Smash has this great soundtrack, yeah. right? Hundreds uh, of songs. Yeah, yeah. Rhythm game in Games and More. Ooh, ooh, that'd be cool. Right? Like, you pick your character, they dance around to whatever song is playing, you uh -huh. compete against your friends. Okay. Uh, to see who gets the highest score in kind of like a DDR-esque experience. Oh, it could even be like, 
your character is standing on the left side of the screen mm-hmm. and and as the song starts uh targets are <laughs> are flying towards you from uh-huh. the opposite side of the screen uh your character cannot move cannot jump right but the targets are placed in ways that your character can hit them with their up tilt their down tilt or their uh, neutral attack i like that a lot um and you have to like hit them to the rhythm of the song that's really um, fun and maybe you can also like use like your special moves or projectiles to hit to hit targets early mm-hmm. but you get less points if you don't hit them on the rhythm right no that's that's really good i like that a lot yeah actually that's amazing i'm i'm into that uh groove the targets <laughs> break down the targets <laughs> I actually, I don't know why I like Groove the Targets. That's really funny. <laughs> Break the dance. <laughs> like like it's like Starfire announcing it from Teen Titans. Excuse right, me, right. Robin, would you like to break the dance? No. <laughs> well, I guess Robin, you know, he'd, he'd be like, yeah. Would he? <laughs> I don't know. Aren't they a thing? Don't don't they have a thing for each other? Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. I, I feel like original Teen Titans Robin would not want to break the dance. I see. Uh, and Teen Titans Go Robin would love to break the dance. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. My dances is so cool because I have ego issues or something. I haven't watched much Teen Titans Go. Ah, I'm Beast Boy. <laughs> Your best voice acting yet, Sean. <laughs> thank you. Thank Bar you. none. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I haven't come up with a mode yet, um, but I, I kind of thought of one. It's really stupid. <laughs> Go for it, man. Uh, okay, so you know how there's tons, there's hundreds of trophy models. Yeah. Okay, so I've I've I come I come up with two ideas for it. The second one, like literally, like as I was like flapping my mouth. Okay. Okay. So the first one is like. Uh, as you unlock trophies, you can select one of those trophies and basically have them as like a little virtual pet, right? That's... <laughs> like you, you, like you, you, you care for the trophy uh, in different ways, and then it, uh, and then like it rewards you with with like more stuff, with like CDs and stuff. That does feel very Sakurai, I yeah. have to say. You're really tapping into his brainstem there, right? But but obviously they need to like make the model move and stuff, probably, mm, right? right? So I thought of a different one, basically. There's just an entire mini mode, right, where you put your trophy into turn-based RPG battles, <laughs> right? And basically, like, the, the trophy, like, just, like, has no animations. Like, right. like, the attack is basically just, like, the trophy, like, clunking forward and then clunking <laughs> back, right? And and it has, like, each each trophy has, like, its own stats. It has some, some of its own special moves. Uh-huh. It can just be, like, cutesy little JRPG animations sure. flashing onto the screen, right? And, uh... And like as you level up your trophy, you can unlock other trophies. You can, uh, you can make like a team of trophies uh, <laughs> that go through like this little RPG mode, and it's it's kind of like find me, and then it's like procedurally generated like each new like dungeon or whatever. I actually love that idea. Yeah, I really want that to be in the game now. Yeah, it feels like just enough work that it probably wouldn't be a thing, right? But I I would love it. I would Same. Love it so much. Agreed. Yeah. So those are the our pie in the sky hopes, Mark. <laughs> um, I think it'd be a very ultimate thing to do to bring back board the platforms, mm-hmm. which we haven't really seen since Smash sixty four. That's true. Um, so just like sort of call back to home run and and break the platforms and all that stuff, right? Just like yeah, it's like it's ultimate. All the modes are here. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. But thank you so much for your kind words and for your cool question, Mark. Yeah. So with with listener mail out of the way, we got some. 
uh, we got some predictions to go over. Yeah. So we've we've gotten some stuff right and some stuff wrong already. What we've gotten right, uh, every character from Smash 4 would come back, the Ice Climbers would return, the Wolf, the Wolf from Star Fox would <laughs> the return. The one and only. <laughs> uh, would return, and Ridley would be added as a brand new playable character. Also, you know, we've, been, we've made a lot of miscellaneous little predictions that are unplayable characters. Uh, they've gotten right, and I haven't put in this outline, stuff like Shovel Knight being in the Sis Trophy. Right. And here is some stuff that we've gotten wrong. Uh, we definitely did not predict that every Smash character ever made would return, such as Pichu, Pokemon Trainer, Young Link, and Snake. Right. We didn't. Uh, we predicted that Scott Pone would be a playable character. Scott Pone is an assist trophy. You predicted that Bomberman would be a playable character. Bomberman is an assist trophy. Sean predicted that Minda would be a playable character. Minda is an assist trophy. Such a waste. <laughs> uh, we did not predict Simon Belmont as a playable character. We did not even talk about the possibility of Richter Belmont as a playable character. We did not predict Crom from Fire Emblem. We did not predict Dark Samus, uh, but we almost fucking did. We did <laughs> not predict King K. Rule as a playable character. We waffled on that for years. Yeah, we thought about it. Yeah. And Isabel definitely blindsided us. We did not predict her for sure. But there is still time for us to redeem ourselves. Yeah. And here are some predictions that we've made that have not been resolved one way or the other yet. Right. Captain Toad, uh, of of which our doubts grow for every passing day, <laughs> uh, Rex with Pira and Mithra. I s- still think that's pretty solid, at, at the very least as DLC. Mm-hmm. The Monster Hunter from Monster Hunter. That still feels pretty solid. DLC, yeah. Sora from Kingdom Hearts. I think that whammy's right around the corner. Okay. Uh, the Rabbit from Rabbit. I could still see it happening. Maybe, yeah. It did, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be fine if it didn't, but I could still see it <laughs> happening. Ribbon Girl from Arms. Um, possibly DLC. Yeah. And Isaac from Golden Sun. Uh, that that feels more and more like kind of a desperate choice that we've made, <laughs> but we we made it. We sure did. Separately from Sean, I predicted that Hey Hachi, uh, <laughs> Hey Hachi, uh, from, <laughs> Hey Hachi from uh, Tekken would honk his way into <laughs> make make weird sexy honks. That's that's what he does. Like you you go to use your like ultimate attack in Tekken. He just rears his head back, opens his mouth wide, goes <laughs> and then punches you in the fucking face. <laughs> Kazuya's like, Dad? <laughs> Dad, are you having a stroke? <laughs> Dad? <laughs> J- just like, poke his head around the corner, Grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa, what noise is Anyway, what else have you predicted? We, we should make a we should make a record of the podcast on more sleep than this rule. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Uh, and I predicted Rockruff, who Das Verjabin <laughs> thinks that I'm right. Das Verjabin approved Rockruff. He's right. not like Hanrock. He's Rockruff. I see. He evolves into like Hanrock, but he's not like Hanrock. <laughs> uh, Shawnee predicted Mac Rider. Yeah. Uh, Marks. Yeah. Uh, a Gen 8 starter as DLC. Yeah. And, uh, Shadow the Hedgehog as this, an Echo Fighter. At this point, this is the, uh, prediction that I'm the shakiest on, but yeah. I'm not backing down. Chaos Control. Chaos Control. And that's what we've got so far. Uh, I feel like we're, we're not really, we're, we're getting pretty close to October now. I feel like we're not gonna really hear many announcements. Yeah. That month. 
I feel like a, a potential. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <You're okay. laughs> I made a weird face. I feel like a potential exception to that could be a rabbit getting announced at Paris Games Week. Ah, uh, yeah, I can see it. But otherwise, I feel like they're going to be kind of quiet until November, where we get like a big old Smash Direct. But I'm sure we will be vindicated soon enough. All right. If you want to know where else you can find us, Sean and I are together now doing another podcast called Play This with yeah. an exclamation point. It's sort of a book club for video games. Uh, Sean and I go back and forth recommending video games to each other and having in-depth discussions about them. We recently finally put up the Evil Land 2 episodes where our friend Colin uh, recommended Evil Land 2 to us and we shit on it for about an hour. <laughs> uh, yep. That that game does have some cool stuff going on, but boy, uh, was that a frustrating experience sometimes. And if you want to know more, you'll have to listen to the pod. Yeah. Editing that podcast has been um, slow going recently. Uh, So, like, that episode was pretty out of date when we talked about the news. But I anticipate that our upcoming episode, the one where we talk about Zeroscape, will be much more up-to-date video game news-wise. And that will start uh, a new a pattern where that continues to be the case. So make sure you listen to the upcoming episode of Play This. You'll find that you have zero escape from how fascinating it is. <laughs> uh, listen up, twerps, because I'm only going to say this once. You can find me on Twitter at re underscore chief. You can find me on SoundCloud at re underscore chief. And you can find me on YouTube at re chief with no underscore. <laughs> uh, uh, look to the first for fan interactions and social commentary look to the second for demo reels and stupid memes and look to the third for let's plays uh also i'm thores z on twitter i mostly just retweet memes he's good at it (laughs) (laughs) next time on the smashing theory fire emblem Yeah, Fire Emblem. Uh, This is obviously a big boy. It's Uh, a very big boy. Yes, the biggest of boys, or at least a very moderately large boy. A sizable boy. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to this episode. Obviously, this is another one where, boy, we know about a lot of Fire Emblem characters already. Oh, do Um, we? There's definitely a lot to talk about before we even make any predictions. But I do think there's definitely stuff worth talking about, prediction-wise, for Fire Emblem, and maybe you guys do as well. So if you would like to make your own predictions about Fire Emblem, or just tell us what Fire Emblem stuff you'd like in the game, then you can tweet at us, at a Smashing Theory, and be sure to follow us while you're at it, because sometimes we do giveaways and stuff. And sometimes we will just post screenshots of spreadsheets that Sean made about which starters are quadrupedal and which are bipedal. Look out for it soon. (laughs) I know you're excited. And you can also email us at asmashingtheory at gmail.com. You can send us emails about your farmland predictions. You can send us questions that are just related to Smash. You can send us personal questions that have nothing to do with video games, uh, that have nothing to do with Smash specifically, or even nothing to do with video games. And we will be happy to feature at least some of them on the podcast. We tend to get more than we can share, but we like sharing as much of it as we can. We like reading all of it. So yeah, 
So yeah, in two weeks, catch our Fire Emblem episode, and we can't wait to see you there. Agreed. And in the meantime, whether you are fighting as a swordsmaster on the continent of Magvel, or defending the crests against the enemy army, I hope that you have a smashing time. I'm really feeling it. No. The fire emblem. I'm feeling that emblem. <laughs> it's so smooth. This is the correct video game quote. Good, good rap. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>